episode 66 of the MetroFan TV Rundown. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, on Star Wars night, we are executing episode 66. Alongside me to uh, learn the dark side, to learn all the tricks that you will never learn from a Jedi, is Juan Escalante. How are you? I am well, Lens. Uh, on this, there is no. I, I'm trying to think of a Star Wars quote to say, but I didn't really. I didn't have one prepared, unfortunately. Uh, 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 uh namaste, peace. Namaste. Be upon you. <laughs> we're, we're we're happy to start the podcast enough. We are we're signing a uh, an Armenian midfielder, uh, Henrik Mandalorian. Oh God. <laughs> I was gonna say that like my favorite Star Wars character is Khan, but. Uh, <laughs> May LaForge be with you. My 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 favorite my favorite actor is Patrick Stewart. Exactly uh, in the Star Wars saga, you know. Yes. Uh. So, uh, I mean, I mean that aside, like, uh, I haven't actually like enjoyed anything Star Wars related ever since like the uh, whole sequel trilogy has been announced. So this is kind of cursed for me. Kind of not a yeah. big fan. Yeah, yeah. Ain't gonna yeah, lie. I can see that. Ain't gonna lie, but at least I'm not at the arena to uh, have to put up with this. Yeah, they nice. said. I I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I uh, the John Tolkien bobbleheads look neat. Although I would suggest if they were gonna make John Tolkien merch, I would suggest the team made a John Tolkien chia pet. That's more of his vibe. Yeah, with his <laughs> hair. But maybe maybe. It looks the the little Mandalorian bobblehead looks fine. Come out to the arena early, go get it. I was gonna I was gonna say that it was really funny that they had like regulations specifically banning like uh, people wearing like helmeted costumes and the like. Oh, right. So no, you cannot walk around Red Bull Arena like dressed as stormtroopers. Exactly. Which I thought was pretty funny, but um, I'm gonna be that I'm gonna be that guy who uh, shows up. To Red Bull Arena and like, uh, <laughs> goes up to Red Bull Arena and demands that the spice must flow. Uh, purposely, <laughs> quote every other sci-fi series except for the one yes. that we're supposed to be celebrating. Yes. <laughs> Looks like my Schwartz is bigger than yours. Just <laughs> Atreides, Atreides, Atreides. <laughs> no, <Nah, okay. laughs> we man, we ain't fine shit. Just quote Spaceballs the entire time. <laughs> That's a pro move. Uh, that one might summon like every like wash Gen X dude in like a five mile radius, though. So I think like uh, you know, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a yeah. Dog you might whistle. be right. Yeah, it's a, it's a dog whistle for wash Gen X dudes, which is oh, a shame. No. Uh, we don't we, we don't need that stuff around here. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, um, this um, a side on Star Wars aside. Uh, very sorry for anybody who actually tuned in for. Uh, actual soccer talk but if you're tuning into this podcast for actual soccer talk do you actually listen to this podcast that's what this I is not know. the podcast you're looking for damn it i did it again wow. <laughs> damn it <laughs> we're, we're... Uh, apologies for the star wars riffs listener but are, uh, are we really sorry though <laughs> right because if they strike us down we'll become more powerful i did i, I started doing it again all right Okay, we have to get a move on before this gets out of hand. Okay, right. because this is, because now there are two of them in the last five <laughs> minutes. Oh, for fuck's sake. 
Uh, okay, Chicago, Chicago way. Yes, um, this was a wild one, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I think as we can all recall, this had everything that you could have ever wanted from a soccer And didn't game. want, too. And didn't want, yeah. In terms of, like, the stupidest drama that could possibly be condensed in, like, uh, well, I mean, it's technically 90 minutes, but with the weather delay, um, I think it ended up being like a, a runtime of like close to three or four hours. Yeah. Something like that, including a five minute halftime break, which seemed a bit superfluous to me. But, you know, right. uh, that, that that's a thing for another time. Uh, let's because uh, let's get back to the game itself. Um. It was a proverbial game of two halves, I would say. And, and it was really impressive how um, the referee succeeded in making two entirely separate fan bases hate his guts <laughs> in each half. It was truly like uh, an auteur's like, refereeing performance. Honestly, truly. for his very... Remember, that was his very first match in MLS to be officiating as a center official. So I don't know, I don't know where he expects to go from here. <laughs> he's, he's a, like, I can't really think of any other great, like one and done directors, but yeah, I mean, like uh, his career kind of peaked at this performance folks. I mean, uh, <laughs> John Freeman. Wow. What a game he had. Eh? So let's break it down in a bit more detail. Uh, first half, I think as we know, uh, deal is that I thought we started pretty brightly. Right. Uh, you know, I thought the shape was good. Uh, once again, you know, like we talk about the uh, stifling presence in midfield, kind of uh, preventing um, too many um, chances, right? Other than, like, I think a pretty good save from the goalkeeper within, like, the first two or three minutes of the game. Yeah. Uh, once we tightened up, it looked, it looked pretty all right, basically. And then, I mean, like, of course, the flow was going to be disrupted off of that, like, rather questionable shall we say penalty decision uh which was converted and from then on like chicago basically said that uh we're gonna park the bus at home right yeah uh for the next like what 70 minutes or so uh i think when we talk about the decision itself um i think of course this is like the first major flashpoint of the game right uh was it a penalty or not I mean, I think this has been debated like at length, but I find it very hard to say that it was a, you know, clear cut penalty decision. I mean, his hands are basically down by his side, from what I saw. Right. Like, but I think I think that the arms were flaring out. I think that's the argument. I think we'll get to it in a second. I think the the the, the very the next major decision that the referee makes which is the the called off goal like a minute later is probably worse than the than the than the handball call yeah. the penalty yeah i mean i think it's made worse by the fact that it was like two kind of dubious decisions back to back right and it wasn't right. an immediately like obvious offside um decision because the player who ended up who it ended up being called back for was entirely debatable of whether or not he was involved in the play in the first place. Right. Right, I mean... Uh, the ball goes over Aaron Long's head, and yeah. they deem that he was involved in the play. But if you look at... I mean, just looking at the replay over and over again, like it's not as if the defenders were reacting to him making a play to the ball anyway. 
Yeah, I, I mean, know. like, what's he, what's gonna happen? He's gonna have, like stretch his like neck out like a giraffe and just like knock it in midair, like cartoonishly. Like, yes, <laughs> that Aaron would be Long interesting, is... though. Ha- have you seen Matt Nosita's neck? The 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 Navy guy. Can he do that? <laughs> Make a note of that for later. See if we have giraffe neck guys. But yeah, anyway, I don't. And it sucks because that was a really good finish from Tom Edwards. Yeah, no injustice, I mean, uh, really. Yeah, I mean, uh, like it, it, it was. Uh, it, it robbed us of the ability to say ball don't lie, as well, which I I, I was particularly pissed off by. Ridiculous. Honest, we we always have to respect Rashid Wallace in this house. <laughs> uh, Frankie Amaya I mean, does. Who? Frankie Amaya, who also tweeted ball don't lie. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh one of those understated moments in RBNY social media, I think uh, <laughs> earlier this season. But yeah, I mean that's the thing for me, you know. I mean, like I, I, I don't wanna turn this into like um a symposium, I guess, on like the state of refereeing in this league. But like But let's yeah, I mean, it does kind of feel like a lot of these calls have gone against us this year in a way. It's all, and, it's all, it's all these new refs too. I feel like Officer Penso wouldn't do this. Would Robert Zaviga do this? Yeah, he probably will, to be honest, because uh, oh, Officer Penso was our only friend in a pro. <laughs> and as far as cops go, I think what he's just a he's he's like a traffic cop or something, right? Yeah, he's like highway patrolman, yeah. <laughs> but like in Ohio, so it's like you take what you get. Yeah. Exactly. He's probably too busy hanging out at, like, the local Burger King half the time anyway. Exactly. So, anyway. Um, and it does kind of feel, like I said, that a lot of these calls have kind of gone against this this year. And, like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, like... I mean, we are still sitting second in the league, so I guess I'm allowed to whine about this for a bit. But, you know, it's, like... It, 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 it's... It's hard to not like feel like there's a campaign against us to use a Jose, Jose Mourinho word in a way, right? But right, it's true. I mean, like uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be a defining factor every single week, but it is a bit annoying to see that we don't seem to be getting as much to, to have all of these breaks go against us in a way, right? It's part of a part of our luck factor, I think. I don't know. I, I don't really know what else to call it, really, other than the, other than like the bounces seem to not, still not really, generally be going our way, but we still find a way to overcome them anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the most uh, encouraging thing from this game, is that despite you know, two very questionable calls, right, um, looking like it was about to cost us three points, right, away on the road. Uh, the team had the resilience and fortitude to get themselves back in the game after the weather delay. Yeah. Right. And um, I think uh, in terms of being able to come back from that, uh, from that ability to feel like you've been slighted, right. To come back and bag the, bag the three points anyway. Yeah. I mean, albeit with a quite a lot of like quite, a, quite a few makeup calls. I think. Yeah. The, other way the two the red cards half. too. Like that was, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, mean the second. Okay, so okay, I the 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 second red card to I don't know the German dude. 
Zijos or whatever. That that one made sense, and Luquinhas yeah. definitely uh, uh, gamed him out of that. The the first red card was very weird. It was a little ticky tacky. I can sort of like see it, but like it was weird. Yeah, the, it was, uh, the very one... casualness with which he sent the dude off. <laughs> uh, uh, did you guys happen to have the feed that had Tony Miola on it? Uh, I mean, I, I got the MSG feed. Oh yeah, but I uh, think I think the replay on like the like ESPN I think was uh or whatever other feed was it was the Tony Miola one. Yeah, the one that had Tony Miola and he was like on a conversation. And you know, I think that's a soft one for me. I don't see how that's a second yellow card. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, he's he's not wrong, but also he's like, not wrong. But you know, in this one incident, like I'm just gonna say that he's also not right because like <laughs> I'm obviously right. gonna rebel in this. Um, basically, it sounds like a situation to me that uh, you know. This would not have happened if the ref didn't, you know, kind of fuck up the first half mm-hmm. of all these, like, rather egregious, um, questionable, sorry, questionable, questionable decisions. Questionable. I mean, even in the first half, right, that, that, that yellow card to John Tolkien, which would otherwise be rather innocuous. I mean, like, that wasn't a, that wasn't a, that wasn't a foul. Right, that that one you can only assume is that, that that his vantage point that he went through the guy to get the ball, but then even yeah. then you have you have a video review for that. Yeah, and and if you even look at and like even on the replay, you can see that he got all ball. It was ridiculous, you know. Ridiculous. And then because of that, like uh, Tolkien, like uh, basically has to play like super cautious the rest of the game, and you can tell that right. he was like really apprehensive. Um, so. Yeah, like I said, I mean, this is called kind of a roundabout way for me to basically say that we should, um, we should, uh, we, we need to make pro referees pay for their crimes. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're not declaring a fatwa on this podcast, but are we? I don't know. Well, I mean, Ramadan's over, so we can go back to war. So, oh yes, wow. Uh, what better way to usher in uh, to usher in the uh, Aid festivities than to declare war, <laughs> declare war on the referees, but yeah. Um, but yes, good. This is it's worth mentioning. This is the first time we've gone behind this season and came back into the game and gotten the W. This might have been the first time we like conceded. Also, I think I was it every other game that we've. Let me just look, I should have looked at this before him. Oh, I guess. I mean, yeah. I guess this is the first game where we concede first and then came back. Usually yeah. we score first, and then the other team kind of comes back into it. Uh, I think it's the first time in Schubert's career period where he's actually like come back from a deficit and won the Ooh, game. Ooh, that's a good so, stat. Yeah, I mean uh, that was that was a pretty good feather in the cap for him, I suppose. But yeah, I mean I think you know in, in a vacuum it does speak to the team's mental fortitude, right? No, I mean with uh, the first half was kind of dominated by these referee shenanigans, right? And uh, us once once us trying to break down like a bunkering team, and it's not like we didn't have any shortage of chances in the first half to like bag an equalizer other than the Tom Edwards goal, right? Because we had that one right in front of goal that uh, Ash- Ashley Fletcher really should have converted, I think. Yeah, you know the the, the one with the pass from Caceres that meets him in the edge of the six yard box. Bit of a tricky one. I get it. A tricky one. A, a, a very but, uh, a decent ball, but but close enough to goal where all it kind of needed was like a strong redirect it touch yeah. in the general direction of the goal, and it probably would have gone in. 
I mean, that's what kind of ended up happening anyway. But uh, the ball, it was a strong touch, but it didn't go in the general direction of the net, which I think right. is the problem ultimately. But hey, I mean, uh, it was good to see the team like generating those chances anyway. Yeah. Um, I particularly thought that, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think, it, but then, uh, of course, it sets up the focus for the second half, right? And I think uh, this is where it becomes the Lucinia show, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we get ourselves back into it thanks to him and Patrick Lamola. Right, I think that'd probably be the names on everybody's uh, lips uh, following this result. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, with how torrential the downpour was, right, like I was pretty surprised that, like, uh, they they actually managed to restart the game to begin with. Because there was, like, a tornado warning at some point. There was, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't were... as bad as, like, it wasn't raining by the time they resumed play, and it wasn't, it wasn't nearly as bad as... Um like the rain out against New York City FC last year where the ball, they just threw the ball up in the air and it kind of just on the ground. Yeah, that was... Like, especially, like, you saw that during warm-ups when they're shooting on the goal and they're just, like, laying the ball off and it's, like, it would just, it wouldn't even do, like, a complete rotation on the ground. Yeah, I mean, it was coughing up waves every time the ball, like, skimmed across the turf. Yeah. Like, you're playing on a rice paddy, dude. Like, like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... It was good to see the team like adjust to that because I I found that um, Chicago were not very good at playing out of the back because typically they would play these like long balls along the ground and that would get coughed up that, or that would get stopped in the turf and then our guys would were pretty good at picking those up and then coming back the other way attacking rather than playing these long balls along the ground and sort of depending on like. Kind of like layoffs and the flicks, I think the team opted a lot more to dribble more directly or play balls a little over the top or playing balls in the air more often than not. Uh, I was, I swear, I think Lucinez can dribble over like beach sand. Like he did, he seemed the least affected by having the pitch waterlogged. He was dribbling just fine. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was incredibly impressive at how like he didn't really lose like any of his like usual like, uh, you know, his usual flair in what yeah. was really tricky conditions, right? I mean, like, he still, like, floats like a gazelle over, like, a waterlock pitch. Right. The the, the, t- the turns were still tight. I mean, the way that he car- he continuously carried the ball up, right? Um, yeah. He had, uh, let's, let me see, uh, eight progressive dribbles this game, six shot-creating actions. Very good stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, even uh, even that one, the the chance that led to the equalizer, right? And the way that he uh, pulled everybody to the byline, cutting in from the inside, right on his left foot, and then slotting it across for uh, Patrick Komala, who had, who opened up that, who took up that space, right? I think uh, just inside the eighteen yard box. Um, yeah. That was basically like a lot like uh, how. Lewis Morgan, I think, scored a couple of his goals against Toronto. It was basically that kind of movement that we haven't really seen from the team a lot, I think, in recent um, no. weeks. And that's the first time, I can think, in a really long time that a clear-cut chance where Klimala was created inside the 18-yard box where you had time and space to shoot. Yeah. Or somebody else was uh, drawing away defenders, and he basically has the uh, ability to just go drift and find spaces and needs it. 
I mean, I think like we talk about the lack of having progressive dribblers from midfield, right? In the last few weeks, uh, kind of hindering um, the striker's ability to go to uh, to drift as much, right? Because then they'd have to come deeper to get on the ball a little bit more to try and facilitate play. Um, this is where I think uh, having someone like Lukinias in there, right, and even Frankie Amaya and the likes, and Drew Yearwood, who are good at like progressing the ball. Right, this is the knock-on effect that it has on the rest of the team's attacking movement. Right, you have somebody who can progress the ball from deep like that, draw defenders to them with space, and then play it in for people who are like attacking the pockets of space that open up as defenders get drawn to uh, uh, attackers progressing with the ball from deep. I mean, like I think that's been the kind, of, exactly the kind of thing that's been missing. Right, when we uh, over the past few weeks, and that's why I think uh, that's the added X factor that Lukinias adds. Right. It's why I think, like, I'd be want to say this uh, second half was a pretty, was probably the best advertisement we've had so far for his ability and right and what he brings to the team. It's that ability to draw defenders to him and open up that space, space within the 18-yard box for the strikers to move into, right? So the moment that he gets acclimatized to that, I mean, then that brings that that allows Klimalo to play closer to goal. It allows him to stay forward. It allows him to hunt space as he needs to see it, right? And I think like if that continues, right? I mean, like, they are going to unlock the best out of each other, if you ask me. You know, and we talk a lot about, as well, about, like, when is it about Klimala's production, in spite of everything? Still, underlying numbers still looking really good, right? It's just that he ha- it hasn't necessarily shown up on the score sheet. This week, it finally does, you know, and I, I, I'm really glad to see that. You know, I mean, uh, I hope he builds on it, continues to build on it, like, because uh, I think uh, it's a big mental monkey off his back as well, right? Banging a brace. One of them being a penalty to kind of, like, exercise, like, the fact that you missed one, right, in the right. home opener. Oh, wait, no, or is it against Columbus? Um, It was against Columbus, it? actually, right? Was it against Columbus? Yeah. I, I feel like... Oh, probably in the first half, yeah. Was it against Columbus or was it against Dane St. Clair? I honestly can't remember. It was against Dane St. Clair. The same, it was against, yes. So it was against Minnesota, yeah. Yes, that was the Minnesota. first half against Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? So, I mean, I think uh, you talk about that being like sort of like an early season flashpoint and how I think it really kind of uh, got under his skin, I think, for a few weeks. But, you know, we talked about in recent weeks him looking hungrier once again, him looking like him hunt him like hunting aggressively for goals. And, you know, I mean, this week, two happened to come his way because of that, you know, and it's good to finally see that hunger and drive, like, pay off, right? And I think uh, there's the added um, the added incentive for him as well because I think uh, he wants to go to the World Cup for Poland, right? And uh, the manager basically told him, is like, the only way you're making it in the squad is if you score more goals, right? So... Yeah. He's playing for that. He's playing for that plane seat as well, you know. And by God, if if he if he ends up doing it, then that 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 helps us immensely, right? I mean, uh, uh, he's got every incentive in the world to go and hunt goals, right? I mean, I think uh, this idea that he's somehow doggedly like not giving his best in every game. I mean, I think that's silly, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but. Yeah, basically, like to cut a long story short, I mean, I think, uh, I think um, it was a good confidence-building game for our two marquee attackers, right? 
uh, Lucinia showing once again that he looks to be uh, the piece in the jigsaw that was kind of missing last year because we didn't really have anyone who uh, could kind of create uh, these opportunities by progressing the ball like he does. Mm-hmm. Right? It was supposed to be Siad Haksibanovic, but we all know what happened there. Yes. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm glad we kind of uh, ended up finding someone who suits that role. And as mentioned, potentially, right, being that guy who creates space for others by drawing them in with really, um, with really quick, direct dribbling, right, and quick interplays, you know. He does seem every piece, I think, of what we've seen so far, he does seem to be every bit the kind of player that we thought he could be. And that's mm-hmm. very encouraging. You know? Yeah. And there are and it this game is like one of those incidences about the knock on effect that he can have on the rest of the team. I mean, look, I think we might be in business, right? The defense still held up its end of bargain. So one of the best defenses in MLS. And now hopefully the attacking end's caught up with it. Right? It's now just a matter of getting points at home. But <laughs> We're not going to lose at home forever. We're not going to draw at home forever. So, I mean, like, eventually the page is going to turn to that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think um, I think that sort of, like, sums up the second half for me. But uh, I don't know if you had anything else that you wanted to uh, go back and talk about. Because I've... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Did anything else stand out to you from this game? Like, uh, kind of curious to see if uh, you've had a, have any observations you want to talk about. Uh, you know, was, I, I don't know if it was the the, the weather that was that was making uh, the touches look st- a lot stickier, but I think I feel like Tom Barlow is looking a lot more of a player <laughs> than he was in recent weeks, as much as a role guy. Uh, which is this isn't necessarily praise for Tom Barlow, although it could be. But this is uh, a praise for Gerhard Struber and how how, how the ship is running currently. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I think. Uh, I mean, again, with like Barlow at this point, right? Like we all kind of know the kind of player that he is. So. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's one of those things for me. It's like, it's like. <laughs> It's like, it's it's like. Does it really warrant like another? <laughs> it it doesn't. I'm just I'm just thinking of like the shot he had on goal early uh, in the second half, and I'm like, how like does he? He doesn't even usually doesn't even get looks like that. But I think we don't we we we, we could end it there. Uh, no, yeah, and I, and I think it's one of those things that's like kind of one of those knock on effects, right? That the rest of the team is having where we haven't been able to create opportunities like that generally from open play. But now that they're falling, hopefully falling a little bit more consistency, right? That's where you're going to start to see like uh, the goal, um, the goal tallies run up a little bit. Um, one thing I did want to shout out, I think uh, was, uh, yeah, I think we've been a bit tough on him, but I do want to say that Kasser has had a pretty decent bounce back game. Today. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not today, last week. Last week, uh, rather tough conditions to be playing in, but you know, I thought uh, the 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 progressive passing, at least, I think he looked a lot more decisive on the ball 
I wasn't just like spraying it out like 15 yards sideways. Right. Yeah. And I think the conditions had to do with that, but that's good that he, he managed to adjust to that. Yeah. And I think in a way it helped. Via an act of God, it took, it it took, Yeah. brought that performance out of him. Yeah. I think you, you kind of touched upon it. Right. But the conditions in the second half are one of those cases that would really like kind of, uh, benefit us in a way. Right. Uh, not just because, because uh, I think, as you mentioned, right, uh, the the inability to play the ball convincingly along the ground suits teams like us, right, who are good at hoovering up loose balls, right, but are also good at, like, uh, but also generally attack, like, um, vertically with, like, direct long passes from the back more often than not, right? Uh, so it plays into our two our team's two biggest strengths basically, right? Like uh, ball recoveries and like uh, vertical, <laughs> vertical, um, vertical, uh, vertical buildup, right? Yeah. We don't need to do any fancy on the ground shit. Just kind of hoof it up, son. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no for the best. Uh, Big Sam would shed a single solitary manly tear. We're not That's even awesome. hoping for the best. We're we're very. It's a very calculated. Yeah, no, no. I was just kind of being facetious with that one. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We can edit yeah. that in post. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's true though. I mean, it's true. I mean, like, I think uh, it's good to mention that like it's not just hooping it up to Kevin Davies and nobody knocks it down for someone running for it, right? I think it's kind of a yes. bit more. We're playing the ball into concentrated areas of the pitch where we are set up to press immediately. Right. If you look at the way our goalkeeper distributes, right, especially off of goal kicks, and this has been a thing for a while, right, you'll always see that he's directing the ball towards a certain area of the pitch, right, usually aiming for like a, the center left or center right channel, right, where the team can use the touch line as an additional pressing trigger off of a, you know, off of a, the off of the aerial deal that results, basically, right? right? It's always knocked into a concentrated area of the pitch where the team is set up. And that's why they'll always take a while to uh, get in position before um, goal kicks, right? That's one such example. Another such example being that, like, uh, being the fact that, like, uh, you know, even off of, like, one of those aerial balls from out back, right, uh, May not always be won and contested by one of our guys, but you'll always notice there's always someone who's like almost immediately like zeroing in on a the loose ball, like from <clears throat> from the resultant aerial deal, right? Yeah. And one of the big parts of our success this year has been the fact that we have uh, been able to get to those balls faster as a team, because uh, I think our midfielders uh, now have a much better understanding of where they're supposed to be at any given time, right? Off of these, uh, off of these aerial deals, the reactions are getting better, basically, off of those deals. And as like you said, I mean, like I think uh, that's why it kind of played into our strengths here against Chicago, right? Especially on a tough turf like this, because we are just so well drilled at this now that it becomes second nature, right? Very encouraging. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of all I have to say about that. Uh, <laughs> I've been. T- I've been been talking quite a fair bit uh, <laughs> i think uh yeah i mean i think that kind of 
is about as much analysis as you can probably get from a game where uh, a our opposition wasn't really interested in playing soccer. No, after, they were terrible. After they went one nil up, yeah. yeah, they sucked, dude. They were. It was so. I I was mostly just angry at them. Had once we weren't winning, I'm just like, <sighs> I don't get it. It's it's, and also I guess that that was one of the nice things. I guess from not watching the MSG feed, but like there's a thing that uh, Shep and Kanji tend to do a lot where it's like they, they pick one player on the other team and then obsess over him the entire game. And obviously this time it was Shiradon Chichiri, uh, the power cube, <laughs> but like talking about him as if he was like Zlatan and I'm like, all right, take it easy a bit there, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, to be honest, I'd completely forgotten that he had actually moved to Chicago before we <laughs> look at the uh, last week's episode. And also for like how much like, money I, I got to look up again. Cause it's like, cause he huh? left Liverpool for Lyon and then Lyon, Lyon is the real winner here. Cause they managed to get a profit off of this guy that they got off Liverpool for quite a bit of money. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a masterful flip job for me. Yeah. And he wasn't really much of a factor in this game anyway, other than, like, the fact that he, like, converted the penalty. Right. My favorite moment of Sharon Jashiri is in the 78th minute where he wins the ball, then Frankie Amaya just hip-checks him off of it. (laughs) That was, like, he, like, jumps off the ground a little bit and flies into him. Just, like, really great, like, short king on short king violence, really. It should should be, like, uh, in this year's highlight reel, the same way that you used to have Mike Grella, like, uh... Mike Grella, Nutmeg, Frank Lampard, right? You or know what? It is, it is one of those. Yes, it's definitely like it's like uh, you bring in a big European name, and then one of one a Red Bulls player kind of like knocks him on his ass. It goes up there. It's up there with Mike Grella, Nutmeg, Megging Lampard. It's up there with Dax McCarty making like the shrug, like get the fuck up. What are you talking about at Pirlo when he's on the ground? Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a well uh, it's a well honored Red Bull tradition. Uh, yeah. Post post on re Red Bull tradition, I think. Yes. For uh, the marquee Euro guys getting murked by one of our young dudes, or one of our local stalwarts, I should say. I mean, I think Amaya's kind of grown into a role where he suddenly has like become like the number one name on the team sheet. I think most weeks for me, but uh, we we sing his praises enough in this podcast anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, I mean. I was bemused, shall we say, at how insistent they were on wasting time, even after like the restart in the 40th minute. Yeah, they were really just going to shit house their way to like a victory for the next 15 minutes. You know, yeah. I mean, hey, look well, when I... when we shit house, it's it's fun and it's cheeky. When other teams try to shit house a one nil, uh, they're tacky and I hate them. <laughs> I was going. I, I unfortunately was going to hand it to him, to be honest, because I was like, "Hey, you, I mean, like, if you want to do it, by all means, like, I can get behind it." But also, like, no, kind of true. Not gonna lie. I've been, I've been, I've been told by uh, the podcast sponsors that no, I don't actually have to get him hand it to him. So I yes. apologize, ladies and gentlemen, for my for my <laughs> actions. I am going to take some time off to reflect and grow as a person after this. <laughs> yeah, so let's move to stocks, I guess, since uh, we since I think uh, since I don't really think we have too much to talk about for the rest of the game. I mean, other than unless you really want us to relitigate like what our Shemp 
symbolic refereeing performance no. this was. For both teams, by the way. Uh, referee did not do anyone any favors. It was a net loss on every ground. Uh, stock ups. Klimala, Lukinias. I'm going to give it to Christian Casper's Jr. as well, because I think it's been kind of rough on him. Uh, but it's good to see that he's uh, kind of bouncing back a little bit. I still think he's a bit of a square peg in a round hole, but so long as the performances are good or decent and he doesn't do anything to uh, doesn't do anything to um, interfere with that, I can't be too mad, to be honest with you. Um, I think uh, stock downs would obviously go to pro referees. Yes. Uh, stock down will go to uh, the Midwest climate in general for that for <laughs> for the rainfall. Uh, it was a very long rain delay. I was. I was. Uh, it was. I. I was. I was convinced the game was not going to happen, but yeah. Basically, basically, I went off and did other things, and then like when I found out that the game was back on, I was like, "Wait, what the fuck?" <laughs> I have to scramble back home. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I caught it just in time for like uh, the the comeback, which is kind of cool. So, <laughs> all in all, worth it for that. If had we lost, I would be very mad. But since we won, I'm willing to 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 take that as a shit post. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, stock down uh, for 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 uh, the haters. I shall say, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> stock down for the haters and the non-believers, I suppose. Because uh, <laughs> we're back, we're back, we're we're, we're going to be back in our obnoxious bullshit now. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, stock down for. Uh, to be honest, I don't really think anything else warrants a stock down other than the weather and the referees this game. Uh, no one really did anything to piss me off. <laughs> Feels nice to say. Uh, I'm not going to give Fletcher a stock down for uh, this game. Because uh, yeah. I think, like, other than, like, the mischance and, like, uh, the unfortunate handball, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, I still think he's uh, shown quite a fair bit of guile leading the line, right? Uh, I do enjoy his... Uh, his interplay, shall we say? I think uh, I'm still convinced that if you play, if you play two strikers with him, and uh, you know, if you play two strikers, him and Klamala up top with like a Lucinius and Lewis parking behind him, I think you could have a lot of fun. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, we don't seem to be interested in doing that yet. Um. Watch this space, basically. I mean, the tactics change like almost weekly. It feels like it hasn't, but it seems to be paying off. So, actually, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna issue a stock up to go hard, Struber. You know, I think uh, I'm gonna break my break my rule here. <laughs> seems to have chanced upon a pretty good formula, even though I think uh, you know there's been a lot of tinkering week in week out. But you know, mm -hmm. it hasn't really um, hindered us the last few weeks, right? And I think um, whatever it is with the team, where it is in the standings without even picked up a home win yet, I mean, I think uh, 
it speaks a lot to how much this team has grown under his tutelage, right? I think to then also pick up a win like this, uh, down 1-0 on a, on a rather dodgy penalty, uh, in tough weather conditions to come back and win 2-1, I mean, I think that's a big up to like their resilience and fortitude and how much they've grown as a team. So the manager deserves credit for that. Also credit to Kevin Thelwell for bringing the players in. So yeah, there you go yes. with me. Yeah. <laughs> that's my stocks. We'll go to you. Nice. Uh, I don't have any differing opinions on your stocks. Uh, the stock up on Struber is very interesting. Cause I think two of the subs, I think when I say that the subs changed the game, I think the subs were particularly the subs for, uh, Omir Fernandez in the 46 minutes for Klamala, obviously. Uh, but also the sub, I think, for Dylan Nealis, uh, uh, subbing in of Dylan Nealis for Lewis Morgan. I found that Morgan, this isn't a stock down for either of the players, I think, because the game, the game that we were playing, uh, necessi- necessitated a, a style of play that uh, neither Omir Fernandez, neither, uh, nor Morgan were to play with either because of Omir whose game kind of depends on kind of like those like quick one twos that we couldn't really do with this pitch, but also the way Morgan plays along the wing and you saw it, like the ball, like was getting bogged down in the wing specifically. That's where all like, that's where the splash zone was. Uh, maybe Dylan Nealis gets a stock up only because he gets the secondary assist on the first goal. He actually does a neat, you don't really see it in the replays, but he, he sells a really simple feint, but it really cooks the defender. And then he plays a really nice, uh, nice little like swazzed, uh, curling pass up down like the wing through ball Lu- yeah right into like uh the channel that into Lucinius Lucinius to get into the byline right, right bends yeah. right into it puts the real nice technique doesn't get it too far high off the ground but enough pace on it it was a good move it was yeah a good it was move. uh it was i mean you gotta give him some uh gotta give him his flowers for that one yeah it was uh probably uh his most notable moment in a red bull shirt yet and mm-hmm. i think he deserves credit for it i yeah. agree but that's it for me. Yeah. I think I think I think you <laughs> I agree with all your stocks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are all in agreement that we should buy Gerhard coin. Uh, <laughs> please don't buy Gerhard coin. Uh, <laughs> no, don't. Uh, our new shirt sponsors like it, it reminds me that our new shirt sponsors like uh, bore, sh- like a, like a kind of boring, shitty like forex trading platform. But right. as far as like financial products go, like that's probably about as unmalicious as it's gonna get. So I'd rather get like foreign currency trading than like Bitcoin or some bullshit. Like that. Yeah, this is this is as far as uh, advertising goes. This is pretty benign. Yeah, it is. I mean, Pro- like, like the Red Bull logo is probably the most benign advertising in this league, probably outside of like weird like local brands that the teams have. Yeah, <laughs> I miss the days when we'd get like. I mean, we we all wish that Yanmar would come back eventually, but I think yes. we all have to give it up. But uh, so long as we have the hospital for special surgery. Yes, obviously. I can say Meridian. There is still light in this world, right? Yes. I I, I, I haven't been caught up with like what they're plugging at the arena because obviously I haven't been there in like four years, right? But It's about uh, the same. Yanmar is gone, but... Gone in the shame. arena, but still in our hearts. Forever. I mean... Forever in our hearts, dude. Forever in like, our hearts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, at least it's not cryptocurrency. Is basically no. all I'm going to say about our new 
about our new sleep sponsor. It's like mm-hmm. seriously nothing that you should be seriously like the most milk and toast like possible um sponsor. Right. I'm, I'm just glad it's not crypto or a betting company, basically. Yes. <laughs> that would really suck. Yeah. Like what fandeal.com, like whatever those fucking Oh are, like, yeah. Like, like they announced that the announced that partnership with Socios. Oh yeah. And, so- like, oh god. god. I mean those are league wide like, sponsors. That's a league wide thing, but oh. I appreciate that like if you go to the team's post about it. Uh, everyone in the comments is being like, no, this is bad. Yeah. And then in the Socios, uh, the actual Socios USA tweet about it, uh, everyone's telling him to fuck off. But not using the exact phrasing fuck off because Chris uh, Chris Cruz got banned. He, he, no, his his account got locked for 12 hours. So uh, yeah, I'm I glad I did like not a, do that. Like the comments for those are some of the most like obvious examples of like, astroturfing that i've ever seen in my life where it's like all yeah. these perverts with like uh cartoon characters as the avatars being like oh this is a great move like those ugly ass chimps like <laughs> fuck like nft avatars have quickly like shot up my absolutely cursed poster power rankings right like they are worse than anime avatars at this point worse because, than like, anime avatars and worse than uh some teenager with like whoever like the the latest 18 year old prospect at man united or chelsea is that or like the guys who just have like the u.s men's national team crest is like oh my god who definitely like have a wardrobe full of oakley's and cargo shorts (laughs) fucking gross dude i mean the worst vibes awful like they have all the if uh anyway yeah uh, I, I, speaking of speaking of terrible U.S. men's national team adjacent things, I think we have some team news. Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna fire off one more. And I was gonna. Oh, go for it! More, Sorry. But, uh, no, I think uh, it's it's a good time to segue. I think uh, yeah, because uh, team news going into the weekend. Uh, obviously, um, a lot of drama around this one. Well, I wouldn't say a lot of drama, but it's a developing story, shall we say? Um, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, supposedly, the supposedly, 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 allegedly. Yeah. Um, Red Bull Global isn't too happy with uh, the lack of uh, playing time Caden Clark has been getting. So loan might be terminated early, and uh, he might be going to Bruges. As one club that was named specifically as monitoring the situation, um, yes. Club Bruges in Belgium, I think. Um, wherever Belgium is, wherever Belgium is, um, where yeah. oh, Tejon Buchanan also went there from the New England Revolution. I'm just trying to remember who, like, was there an MLS guy that went there recently? And it was him, so yeah, yeah, it was T- uh, Tejon Buchanan went to Bruges, right? And I think Kyle Duncan ended up at like uh, Ustenda or whatever, yeah, East End, also in. <laughs> Yeah, which is also in Belgium, and then they play allegedly like the, they, they they play the unofficial uh, J League team in Belgium, like uh, Saint Sweden, oh, yeah. which is like <laughs> one of the most like very strange place. But anyway, <laughs> strange land of football. If you had a uh, forty-seven minutes as the moment where we make a J League reference, Bingo. congratulations, you yes. win the pot today. Um, Kaoru Mitoma <laughs> might become a, a Belgian Jupiler League champion. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, yes. 
but yeah, I mean, um, this is, I think I tweeted about this earlier. Like, uh, I, yeah, I broke my tweet silence to a comment on this story because I think it's, I think it's kind of dumb. I'm not going to lie. Like, because uh, it, it really just kind of seems to me that Leipzig pulled the trigger too early on a guy. Way too early. Didn't really seem quite ready to make the leap, if I'm being quite honest with you. I mean, like, the flashes were always there, right? I mean, right. Uh, you always talk about his hot start as a at MLS level where he went on that scoring run, scoring all those bangers. All those bangers. Because we talk like, Caden Clark only scores bangers and stuff like that. But Right. I mean, other than that, like, uh, it was always been as more soon as like... he scored his first tap, and it was the beginning of the end. <laughs> yeah, then his appendix exploded. Then his appendix exploded. Then, uh, now, now, then, then he got himself stuck in transfer purgatory. Yes, uh, the manager that brought him in got sacked. Uh, whatever was uh, remain, remaining, I had no idea what to do. But yes, yeah, so the deal is that, like, um. Look, I mean, it's always been flashes with Caden Clark, right? I mean, I think even the last couple of seasons at MLS level, he's shown that he can be a very nifty player, right? It's his uh, intelligence. It's his uh, understanding of the press that is very good. But have you really say that he's been like a standout performer the way, you know, I guess Brendan Aronson was? I'm not really so sure. No. You know, I mean, like... <clears throat> Or like a Tyler Adams type. Like he never really struck me as quite reaching those heights yet. Yeah. He's only eighteen years old. Okay, so I mean like obviously like uh Obviously very much has room to grow still, that's fine. Yeah. But but he's never grabbed my attention the same way that like Tyler Adams has, for example. Which kind of made um the move that Leipzig made for him like seem kind of premature. Right. And now I think, as we suspected, now it's created a bit of a clusterfuck for us. But frankly, I mean, like, um, I mean, it's like it's like you can't have it both ways. Where if Leipzig is complaining he's not playing, having enough playing time, it's like either he's injured and he can't play, or he's perfectly healthy to play and he's just not getting in the team. Like I don't know, I don't know what's like if if like Omir Fernandez is playing, uh. Like, it, it, I mean, obviously, the DPs are playing. Drew Yearwood is playing no problem. Casadis is in the lineup, and somehow Caden Clark isn't. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, and I think uh, you, you, you mentioned it as well, right? I mean, like, it's the fact that his playing time has also been dictated by the fact that he's been hurt for most of the season. Right. Like, ever since he went to the U.S. men's national team under 20 training camp and picked up some kind of undisclosed injury, right? Like, the yeah, they're so upset. Go talk it up. Go, go go to Chicago. Go to U.S. Soccer House and take it up with them. That's not our problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, like, and honestly, it, like, look here, RB Leipzig. You, you want to know something? Uh, if you're upset that Caden Clark isn't playing, it, you, you know, what you should be worried about uh, Rangers is playing in a UA, Europa Cut League final, and you didn't stop them from doing so. That's what I would be upset about. Yeah, that is tremendously fucked. Uh, yeah, they 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 were not born to reign over us. As they say, no. you're, you're letting the unionists win. Like, exactly. That's fucked up. Gross. Truly fucked up. Mm-mm. Truly, truly fucked up. We need Ange Postacoglu to uh, restore order to the gout, to restore balance <laughs> to the force. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, like this is this is the most frustrating thing for me, right? Is that obviously now we are left in this position because Leipzig made a mess of this whole transfer, right? 
and uh, we had to spend quite a number of resources to get him back. I mean, it was just expiring GAM, but nevertheless, like we also had to move all kinds of things to get the allocation order in order to bring him back on loan. He gets hurt. He can't play most of the season because of this, we- this weird undisclosed injury that he picked up, like playing for the fucking U.S. men's national team, right? And suddenly it's supposed to be like, oh, uh, we are stunting his development because uh, he's not getting enough playing time. I mean, like if if you. I mean, like, he was in a good situation before they bought him, right? He was getting regular starts at the first team. He was uh, getting the ability to get more consistent reps under his belt. He even finished the se- I mean, uh, before his appendectomy, like, he was uh, basically, like, uh, one of the first names on the team sheet every week. Uh, and then post-appendectomy, like, he kind of was taking a while to round back into form, quite frankly, right? I mean, like, we talk about how he just kind of seemed to be struggling the pace of the game uh, for most of the second half of 2021. And I think it must have continued into camp with Leipzig because there's otherwise no reason why he'd be back here so soon. Right. And then on top of that, now he's hurt again. Now he's, uh, now he's hurt again. And uh, this is after we had to move all this resources just to bring him back. Uh, It sounds like to me that if you weren't happy about, how this has played out, then maybe you shouldn't have bought him in the first place. Right. You know, I mean, like, now we're consistently moving money. That isn't always real, by the way. Like, a lot of this was fake money, but we're it's still moving. It's or whatever. It's allocation we're, we're, money. We're moving, we're consistently having to shuffle money between our two jean pockets, just for this guy. Right? <laughs> At some point, I just say it's it's, it's, a, it's a simply not worth the headache. Yeah. You know? <laughs> This is the kind of fuss that's going to kick up every single time, right? Like, um, if you think that he's better served playing elsewhere, then by all means, right? If he doesn't want to fucking be here, then just let him go somewhere else. Basically, all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Could, could honestly really not care less. He is not this. <laughs> he hasn't played at a level where he's like a Canada's prospect, in my opinion. Yeah. Promising. Could potentially be decent, good, decent, a good Giro level player, but he's not there yet. Doesn't warrant this kind of headache. We can spend that money on someone else. Yeah. Uh, really, really, uh, I don't know. It, it just really pisses me off. I don't know. <laughs> this was a. It just really speaks to the fact that Leipzig are just such an unserious organization, to be completely honest. Right. With you. Rudderless ship is uh, the phrase I've seen thrown around a lot. And, you know, I'm kind of glad that we have a bit more direction here um, between uh, the players that Cobalt brought in and now, like, uh, what Struber's doing to grow the team, right? But ultimately, I mean, like, it's very clear that, like, um, there's no strong hand guiding what is supposed to be the parent club anymore. Right, and if our parent club can get this shit together, uh, then I, you know, I mean, like, I, I do think we have all every right to tell them to fuck off. <laughs> why, 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 why do we have to clean up their messes, right? Because if they can't get their shit together, can't even beat fucking Rangers in like a fucking uh, Europa League semifinal. Exactly. Then... <laughs> can't even can't even take a hint from the other Bundesliga clubs and sending their best players to uh, to uh, to an EPL team instead of Bayern Munich, like, 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 yeah. like a 1.0 days. Yeah, Get with the program, guys. 
sell all your sell your best players and your manager to like the biggest club in like your domestic league. Like, okay, fine, exactly. Cool. Like <laughs> firing Jesse Marsh to hire some like nerd that like. So like the current manager Dominico Tedesco. One of the things everyone says about him is that he got higher marks in his coaching exam than Julian Nagelsmann. As if that's supposed to be a compliment. Come on, man. That's cool, bro. Cool, man. You're like a bigger to, nerd like, than Julian Nagelsmann. I like to point out that, uh, completely unrelated to this, but uh, some of the stupidest people I've ever met in my life went to Stern and scored like 2,300 <laughs> on the SAT. So, yeah. like <laughs> It's not real. It's, 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 it's totally not real. <laughs> like, fuck it. Fuck yeah. that. Like, th- like, this is like, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, they come to be the poster child of like all the annoying things about like all this technocratism and like all this technocracy in soccer nowadays, right? But I don't need to get into that because that's its own other podcast episode. Right? Yes. If I could order 66 all the technocrats <laughs> at Ripple Global, I totally would. <laughs> I would install like Sam Allardyce as like this boy. Proper director. football man. Exactly. Oh, I had to spell Harry Redknapp as the uh, sporting director, actually. Ooh, I don't know about that one. Oh, Would I... you want to play a 40-year-old Nico Cranchar in midfield? Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what Leipzig deserves at this point. <laughs> well, you think I want their fans to be happy? Get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> you think I give a shit about this Red Bull Global project? I'm a fan of the New York Red Bulls, sir. I'm a fan of the New York Red Bulls. <laughs> Nico Cranchar is 37, so uh, whatever. Yeah, dude, so you insane. undersold him there. Come on, dude. I undersold him. My Come apologies. On Come on now. Don't do Portsmouth Legends like that, okay? Like, What was the last club he played for? Rangers. Oh, gross. All right. Okay, actually, yeah, now I'm off the train. <laughs> I'm off the train now. I'm off the train. That's fucked up. 2018 fucked up. playing for Rangers. All right. Uh, what, was I, what was I saying, though? I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um... So, so, so Harry Rittnap is my sporting director, and uh, to wheel and deal. No, 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 I'm not a fucking wheel and dealer. I'm a fucking Fuck wheel and dealer. I'm a fucking football manager. <laughs> you try kicking the goal, you hit me. <laughs> Why don't you fuck off back to the reserves? And I wonder he's in the fucking reserves. <laughs> 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 oh man! All right. Uh, yeah, we, 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 uh, if you had 58 minutes as the moment of the episode where we start remembering dudes, like, congratulations, you win that part of the pot. Uh, yes. Do you want to reveal to the people what their prize is? Uh, well, uh, a 12 Struber coin, as we announced earlier in the episode. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, congratulations. You also get this uh, NFT I drew in the last um, three seconds of uh, John Tolkien's mullet. Yes, you get uh, you get a, a half finished uh, Lego set of an of an A wing Star Wars uh, fighter ship. <laughs> yeah, I'll say anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, this is where I stand. Like, <laughs> this is where I stand with Caden Clark. I could not, yes. I could not care less to be honest. Like, yes, this he is... was for like he was never our player really to begin with. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I really have nothing more to say. Yeah, I mean, about it. the worst vibes. Like the sooner the bad vibes go away, the better. Like he yes. he's been he's been rather like uh, 
wouldn't even really say is that a key factor in our success this year, right? I mean, like the key. No, not really. It's like what happens when Frankie Amaya, Andrew Yearwood aren't available. Exactly of where he would right. slide into this team <laughs> where and where would we would in. willing yeah. to give him a shot there. But like, if if it's a no, then whatever. Wickleman Carmona, where are you up to? Do you want to play? Do you want to play in this <laughs> midfield or not? Friendship with Caden canceled. Now Fran Noel is my new best friend. Basically. Exactly. Like. Um. Um, other team news, of course, being that uh, Patrick Klamala is in health and safety protocols with the uh, yes. coronavirus. But yes. uh, if he's got time to uh, send Star Wars jokes to John Tolkien, he must be in good spirits. So uh, get well soon, Patrick. Yes, not uh, Struber himself said that he's not ruling out that he could play tomorrow. Yeah, so, so. they seem encouraged by it, so I seem encouraged by it, because it would be rather... Um, bit of a bummer if he misses out, like after scoring a brace, right? Especially against, I guess, a Portland team uh, that seemed to be struggling a little bit this year. And uh, kind of depleted on injuries, yeah. but I'm not going to look too much into that. I think yeah. we've had a good, we've had, we've had a good track record on this podcast of not uh, of stopping to go too in depth in the opponent. Yeah, we've uh, we've been uh, we've been we've been humbled by this. <laughs> Yes. Uh, the only analysis I can give is that uh, because we are wearing our white kit, uh, Portland will either wear green or they'll probably wear green or maybe their pink kit. Who knows? Their rose kit. Yeah, I don't know. Or is it rosé because we are classy? Oh, yes. Rick Rosé. <laughs> Um, I was, was going to be like, uh, we, we should do that bit where we say something nice about our opposition, but I honestly cannot think about anything nice about Portland. Which is I like, don't, I was thinking about that. I'm just thinking like, I can't say Portland yet because that's a weird, that's a weird liminal zone of, of whether that's still, whether it still holds up. I was looking at bands that are from Portland and it's really, it's really, uh, it's the most twee shit on the planet. dude. It's like, like <laughs> you get it. It's like Elliot Smith, which I'm like, sure, fine. You get Modest I Mouse. I more I'm of a like, California guy, though. Oh, maybe Modest like, Mouse. I associate like, Elliot Smith with California. Right. So. Um, oh, the Decemberists? No. I, I really <laughs> yeah. can't. I okay, can't yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> the Shins? I like a few songs by The Shins, but are they also not, uh, I don't know. They're. I think they're also from New Mexico. Esperanza Spalding, great artist. There we go. That's a one, one, one good thing for Portland. Great artist there. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I can't I mean, think of another one. I mean, of course, like uh, you know, I'm going to shout out the, uh, the 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 world's most misunderstood team. Uh, I'm going to shout out uh, heroes like Rashid Wallace. Yes. I'm going to shout out uh, Dame Lillard. <laughs> going to shout out Dame. Going to shout out Damon Stoudemire. <laughs> yes. Like people, like 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 the pro clutching is insane. Let's like, say, oh, how could he get busted for weed? And like nowadays, like who doesn't fucking smoke weed in the NBA, dude? Like exactly. Get with the program, um, Grandma. It's like it's like one guy gets like caught with marijuana possession, and people are acting like he's like fucking Pablo Escobar. Like what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so shout out to Sheed. Shout out to Game. Shout out Bill Walton. <laughs> Was it was it like uh was it Bonzi Wells and Ruben Patterson that got in the fight that broke like someone's orbital bone during oh the Jailblazer era? Because that was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually hashtag pretty insane. So <laughs> definitely one of the more uh, misunderstood teams in NBA history. I think like yes, um, like um, shout out to. 
um, shout out to other trailblazer greats such as uh, CJ McCollum. Shout out to uh, Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> shout out to uh, <laughs> just just <laughs> shout out to Brandon Roy. Shout out to Greg Oden. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> That's, that's all I really have to say. I mean, like, you, you I, I am not going to praise other aspects of Portland because it just seems like one of the most cursed places on the planet. It's like, in it's, the year of our Lord 2022, the sheen has kind of worn off. Yeah, it, 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 it has become too white for me. Dude. <laughs> is, it, is it their fault or is it the fault of late stage capitalism? Who's to say? I mean, it's because I think, like, after the whole Portlandia thing, like you mentioned, right, I feel like people really kind of fell on their own uh, horns to uh, talk about how weird and kooky it is and all that shit. Yeah, I mean, like, Portland, uh, Austin, Texas is the same way of, like, keep X weird. And I'm like, well, it's not weird anymore. You've kicked out all the weird people. And now uh, the Joe Rogans of the world live there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, like, Austin's full of tech bros, and Portland's full of, like, all those, like, organic kombucha dudes that, like... (laughs) Nike employees. Nike employees, yeah. I mean, like, people cosplaying as weird dudes, or what they yeah. think weird should be, basically. It's very, very fucked. Like, uh, yeah. Um, basically, yeah, so I think uh, that game kicks off tomorrow? Yes. At, for me, at, I think, and for you guys as well. Yeah, at 7. Uh, they just announced that the gates are going to open half an hour earlier. So I'm going to have to make sure I, I grab I grab the, the bobblehead in time. It's also supposed to rain pretty hard, if I'm not mistaken. Right? I think it's... I don't know if it's just going to rain pretty hard or if it's just going to keep raining. Right. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I guess dress for rain then, folks. Uh, dress for rain. They, they, they even said that some of the activities are going to be moved to, like, the indoor plaza, apparently. Exactly. So, like, I guess that's probably going to be an indication that's going to be pretty... It's going to be coming down pretty hard, I guess. Exactly. So I guess uh, people should probably just like take shelter in like the stands or something. Shoot the shit with your buds or something at the arena rather than like yeah. trying to tailgate through this because I cannot imagine like <laughs> trying to drink beer while like rain's like pouring up the can and shit like that. Like that, that sounds like a beat. That sounds like it would kind yeah. of suck. Um, yeah. So I think uh, that's that's the Portland game. Uh, well, well, we'll see you guys for that, I suppose. I, I don't think I'd be... This is one that I will be able to watch because it's like f- f- four fucking o'clock in the morning again. Would it be? No, it's at seven. It's at seven. Yeah. I must be reading. Oh, yeah, it is at seven. Oh. Yeah, you might be able to get that one. Oh, yeah, I might be able to if I can wake up in time for sure. Yeah. What was I thinking that... What was I thinking that was at 4 a.m.? Oh, because it's... <laughs> I thought we were on the West Coast. <laughs> I thought we were like, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so yeah, okay, cool. Seven AM. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Um All right. <laughs> okay. Um time zone boo boos aside. Uh this is probably where we leave you. Um I want to thank you so much for your time. And uh we shall see you. Um we shall see you. Uh, yeah, for Star Wars Night. Uh, insert insert quote here. I, live I long and prosper. Yeah, live long and prosper. Um, uh, Fully automated luxury gay space communism. <laughs>
My my favorite part of Star Wars is when uh, Luke Skywalker says, "Game over, man. Game over." <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part of Star Wars is is uh, Chewbacca going, uh, "Wake up, time to die." <laughs> my favorite part of uh, Star Wars is when Princess Leia says to Han Solo, "See you later, Black Dynamite." <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Black Dynamite. I should say. Sorry. Uh, all right. But Jabba the Hutt, I sell drugs into, to the community. I, I sell drugs to the Star Quadrant. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think that's a perfect note to end on. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys. Have a good night. We're going to play football. We're gonna play football, soccer, football, soccer, football, soccer, all around the world. Football, soccer, football, soccer, football, soccer, the greatest game of Talking about